Hello and welcome to the Village Halls podcast sponsored by Allied Westminster, the UK's largest specialist provider of village hall insurance and the home of Village Guard. Now, we all know that all kinds of wonderful activities take place up and down the country in village church and community halls. Dance classes, sports, market days, musical performances, weddings, and of course, cake making. Let's not forget the fabulous cakes. (laughs) But, and sorry for spoiling the party here, all activities carry with them some kind of risk, whether it's to someone's health or to their safety, which is why I'm delighted to be joined by health and safety expert Teresa Budworth today, who's going to help us understand that health and safety might not always be the burdensome and bureaucratic thing that we're often led to believe it is. How are you, Teresa? Oh, great. Thank you, Johnny. It's good to be speaking to you again. Yeah, brilliant. I mentioned you're a health and safety expert, and I should have mentioned fire safety as well, of course. So before we get into the nitty gritty, tell me a little bit about your background. So uh, I've had quite a long career in health and safety. I retired from my full-time health and safety role after 40 years. I started out with doing a degree in health and safety, which was quite unusual at the time. And I retired as chief executive of NEBOSH, which is the largest global provider of qualifications in health and safety. Since then, I've been focused on non-exec roles. So currently, I'm chair of the Chief Fire Officers Association, which is the charity board um, working with the National Fire Chiefs Council. Brilliant. And it's it's also fair to say that you're, you're no stranger to a village hall either, are you? Tell me about what else you're up to right now. Okay. Actually, I was in our village hall uh, last night and yeah. uh, it was absolutely fantastic to be there, actually, because um, I work with a local drama group. And I, actually, that was one of the best things about moving to this village is that within a matter of weeks of moving here seven years ago, without knowing a soul, you have a look at what's going on. And, oh, there's a drama group that meets in the village hall. So I joined them three weeks in and I've made some of my best friends there. So currently we're rehearsing for, uh, we're doing Taming of the Shrew in um, an open air performance, actually, at Bank Holiday Weekend. So last night I was rehearsing in the village hall for my scenes in that. Excellent. So that's what the bank holiday at the end of August, yeah? Yeah, that's right. Looking forward to Brilliant. it. Wonderful. Now, Teresa and I actually know each other pretty well. And and so just to prove that accidents <laughs> can happen, Teresa, remind me what happened to you once, one time with one of your performances. Yeah, uh, this this was um, in, in my previous uh, drama group, actually. It was a, a few years ago. I mean, one of the things about village halls and their stages is often they're they're quite small. So what drama groups and performance groups tend to do is to build out the front of the apron using blocks. So we were in a village hall, which was not a home one, and it had a, um, a curved uh, apron in front of it. So when we put our blocks in front of it, they left wedge-shaped gaps. So it was a, a comedy sketch show. And at the time, I was dressed as a sugar cube which meant I was wearing a large white box with just my head poking out the top and my legs poking out the bottom. And that the premise of the sketch was that it all went horribly wrong and I had to kind of back off stage looking very embarrassed, except that I accidentally stepped into one of the wedge-shaped holes and basically I disappeared down the hole and the sugar cube stayed on stage. So uh, <laughs> slightly painful, but 
I think it was very funny for the audience. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. And thanks for sharing that with us. I mean, as somebody who basically headed up the the, the world's best known health safety qualification board uh, with professionals all over the world holding that qualification <laughs> and uh, being prepared to admit to that, I think is fantastic. So we've established you as both a, a health and safety expert and a normal accident prone person, that is very just like true. the rest of us. Yeah, yeah. So, so... <laughs> Anyway, let's let's talk about keeping things safe around village halls. And and to begin with, I mentioned in my introduction that health and safety can sometimes be seen as incredibly bureaucratic and, and, and just a bit of a hassle. But it shouldn't be seen that way, should it? No, I don't think so. I mean, I think that there is a reputation for it. And I, I think sometimes when people are not clear on what they're doing, they can actually get quite frightened by misinformation about it. I mean, for yeah. example... A friend of mine was head teacher at a primary school and she was told she had to do a working at height assessment anytime somebody was higher than curb height. And you go, that's nonsense. Of course you don't have to do that. So, I mean, it can be fairly simple. And if if the risk is fairly straightforward and well controlled, you know, there's there's not really a lot of of paperwork that you you need to do about it, if, if any at all. I mean, I also think that sometimes health and safety is used as an excuse to just not do things. Yeah. So, for example, a well-known supermarket, I asked them if they'd debone a piece of meat I was buying at the uh, butcher's counter. And they went, oh, no, we can't do that for health and safety reasons. And I went, there's no health and safety rule which stops butchers being butchers. And they went, oh, well, we're not butchers. And you go, okay, well, that's the reason. It's not health and safety. It's just that you're not trained to do that actual job. Yeah. But health and safety got the blame. Yeah, and I think we've we've seen that in the media, haven't we, quite often with this kind of conkers in schools and conkers bonkers yeah. stuff, where, as you say, it's 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 either people who aren't kind of well-versed in health and safety that are taking it too far yeah. and it, it gets a bad reputation from that, or it's really just because... Like they don't want the kids playing conkers or, or as you say, the, there's a there's an issue there. Yeah, something <laughs> um, else. Something else that they just don't want to do, and then it's 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 the perfect it's a perfect excuse. So, what what's health and safety and and fire safety really all about, Teresa? It's about sensible approaches to the activities that you're carrying out, and yeah. just looking at and having some forethought about about what you're doing, what could possibly go wrong, and what you're actually going to put in place to stop it stop it going wrong. It hasn't ha- doesn't have to be. Um, very, very complicated. I mean, I suppose in terms of um, a village hall, there's, there's two aspects to it. First of all, of course, there's the, the committee that looks after the village hall that are responsible for ensuring that the premises are okay. Um, yeah. And then secondly, there's also the people that are going to be using it and what they're actually going to be doing in the village hall, which could create problems. So yeah. I suppose if we looked at the first one, first of all, I mean, Breaking it down into its simplest elements, I suppose the real things that you have to think about is, first of all, the access around the village hall and the flooring. So the condition of the car park, the addition of corridors, flooring and and lighting where people are likely to be walking. And what what you're aiming to do there is just to minimise the risks of people falling over. And, and of course, often uh, many of the people using a village hall will have mobility issues in themselves. So it's about just thinking through, is the condition of this such that it's going to cause somebody to trip? And if there is a problem, getting it repaired and sorted out as soon as possible. And then 
also on the premises front, just thinking about things like uh, your electricity and your gas supply, just making sure that gas appliances are serviced regularly and your electricity installation is also inspected at regular intervals and that might just be every five years and stays in good condition and any portable appliances that are used for example by people doing the cleaning or uh, wall heaters for uh, hot water for cups of tea always important in a village hall uh, just that they're just visually inspected regularly and uh, inspected perhaps once a year just to make sure that they remain in good condition. Yeah, I guess people people can get blinded by the terminology as well, can't they? Because I'm just listening to you and basically what you're describing is this phrase risk assessment. Yeah. And and people hear that and I think sometimes they think it, it has to be a kind of 10-page document that goes into all kinds of detail and so on. But it's not. It's just that process that you've just described, isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it? Like you said, you know, just, just to have a look around to see whether there is anything that could possibly cause somebody some harm and making sure that something reasonable is done about it, yeah? Yeah, the people know know what to do. Like, for example, taking electrical apparatus just out of use until they can be repaired. And yeah. I, I suppose the final thing, really, for the kind of premises side would be about storage of materials and fire risks as well. And the, and the two are linked, just making yeah. sure that storage doesn't, block fire escape routes that they're available and that whatever is stored there is stored safely away that it's not going to you know fall on fall on users and particularly thinking about well who is going to be using it often you get uh, play groups using um, a village hall or parent and toddler groups so you you need to think about what are you going to leave out in the space that you know if you've ever had a toddler you know what what they can get into in the, the two seconds your back's turned so just thinking yeah. about that, really. And what about documenting stuff? Because I, I know there's there's laws around this, and that, remind me, it's a, it's a, it's five employees or more or something, isn't it, that you have to actually write things down? Yeah, that's that's what the law says. But I think good yeah. practice is that you um, just make a note of what your arrangements are. So, for example, even if you have maybe two or three employees, if you have somebody who's responsible for the bookings, it, it might be useful to provide some guidance to ask them to just query when people make bookings exactly what they're going to be doing and, and just making sure that they're not going to be doing anything insane in the village hall, like uh, indoor fireworks or something like that. So that yeah, might be useful yeah, just to kind of, yeah, yeah. write it down as a, as, as a, as a prompt to the person doing the booking. And, and similarly, if you've got people working on cleaning, just to have something written down so that they know if they do find faults with any of the electric equipment, exactly what they've got to do and you know where they store the cleaning materials and the fact that they've got the cupboard should be locked, You know, going back to if you're being yeah. uh, rented out to play groups and so forth. So it's, it can be useful to write it down, but it doesn't need to be an excessively long document. And it's, it's more important to focus on not I've evaluated the probability of this occurring as, you know, once in every yeah. two years or whatever. That's, that's not the important bit. The important bit is, so what are you going to do about it? And, and yeah. actually, the, the written information should focus on that, really. What are you going to do about it? And it sounds like it's almost you don't have to think too hard about it. So you don't have to look into detail to try and find something that's that, that's that's unsafe. It's those obvious things like you just mentioned, 
uh, indoor fireworks and anything that kind of jumps out and it's quite clear those are the things that really you have to focus in on because that's that that's going to be the things where there could be some serious serious harm yeah yeah absolutely i mean obviously things do come up from time to time i mean two years ago who'd have been thinking that our village's halls would have been closed for the best part of 18 months because of because True. of a pandemic and obviously there's their own challenges now in terms of opening up and making things covid secure and enhanced cleaning and ventilation i.e leaving all the doors open while you're rehearsing and wearing masks. But yeah. yeah, I mean, there's a lot of guidance out there for those specific issues that come up. And one great place to go is the Health and Safety Executive website. That's hse.gov.uk. They've got some very simple guidance there on their site about village hall safety and, you know, any other issue which which might come up. It's a, It's a good resource and it's free to use to find out where to get advice on it. And of course, they're, they're always going to jump on their favourite term. What is it? Reasonably practicable, isn't it? Yeah. That's, that's the one that I always, I, always, I always laugh when I hear that. I always think of it doesn't exactly slip off the tongue, does it? But it's just about doing things that are sensible and proportionate, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you took it to its extreme, you go, well, the, the most efficient way of eliminating any risk is not to do something. But then we wouldn't, we wouldn't have all the benefits that you get from you know, a, a thriving village hall and its role in the community, which is so, so important. Yeah. And fire, um, of course, is the is the real big, is the big one, isn't it? I mean, that's the, the thing that we should all fear more than anything with a, when someone's running a, a premises or a property, because that's when, that's when real disasters, disasters can happen. Yeah. And what, what often your issue is, is not necessarily the premises as they, as they are in, you know, their steady state, it's to do with what people are actually doing within them. And I suppose my main experience of that is people putting on shows within the village hall, you know, plays and comedy shows and so forth. And often there you're looking at using particular machines like, you know, smoke machines or uh, putting special lighting. And, And that's where you're kind of thinking about, well, what's the safety of the electrical equipment that people are bringing with them? But perhaps more important from the fire point of view is where are they putting it? So um, I suppose one of my other confessions of accidents, I did actually once set fire to my coat in a in a pub one lunchtime. <laughs> and that was about a group of us just threw our coats on the kind of the ledge behind our seat, not realising that we were covering up a light bulb, which shouldn't have been there in the first place. And then the landlady came over a short while afterwards and said, excuse me, love, your coat's on fire in this really calm way. So, yeah, just thinking about are you putting electrical equipment or lights which are going to get hot close to the curtains on the stage, that's uh, that's a, yeah. a significant issue for fire. That raises another interesting point as well, I think, in that, that you should never always assume that people know what they're doing, Teresa. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, 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 of course, there's a serious point in that because – I guess the other thing is village halls will also have contractors and, and people like that who visit to, to maintain the buildings, to carry out certain works. And as we know, whenever there's kind of hot work or anything like that that's introduced, I think that's quite an important issue as well, isn't it? And I think it's it's worth worth bearing in mind from that perspective that there's there's no harm in checking with somebody that they are taking the right precautions and are doing the sensible thing themselves, not not to assume just because, oh, that's their job. They're going to know what they're doing because 
sometimes these things can go wrong from that perspective, can't they? Absolutely. And I would say that most of my early nightmares in my career were all associated with with contractors. Yeah, it's really important when you select a contractor that you ask them how they're going to do the job and what they're going to do to protect to protect the employees of the village hall and, and importantly to make sure that if their work is going on at the same time as the village hall is is in use that there's an appropriate means of separating them from from users or even specifying the times that things can be done so that the village hall is is not in use and often contractors will be uh, bringing their own equipment in and you know if they're doing electrical work or occasionally hot work as well like welding something then it really is important to make sure that the there's no flammable materials around where they're working so yeah contractors is a is an interesting one and also of course check that they've got the proper insurance yeah yeah exactly because yeah if things go wrong and then at least you can fall back you can fall back on that as well yeah and hope it never happens okay so whether it's fire or health and safety the key message overall is just be aware of what can reasonably happen yeah and do something do something sensible about it. And, and it's from that perspective it's not that complicated after all is it really no no not really brilliant well i'm i'm hoping that overall that's provided you know a, a bit of an overview a helpful overview to to people out there and uh, I don't know, perhaps we should explore some, some of these issues around health safety in more depth in future episodes. So if, if anyone out there has got any specific questions, you know, that you would like us to explore in this area, by all means, uh, get in touch through our website, ask us those questions and, and we can revisit this later. And, and perhaps you can come back on, Teresa, and help us with that. Uh, always a pleasure, Johnny, and be, be great to speak to you again soon. Yeah. And, and good luck with the the theatrical event. Remind me again when when it's taking place, the end of August, yeah? Yeah, bank holiday weekend. It's at Stafford Orchard in Quorn. It's the Taming of the Shrew, uh, so a bit of Shakespeare, but we're definitely playing it for laughs. <laughs> well, if you're local to that and you're having a, or you're having a staycation around that time, <laughs> get yourself in. I won't say break a leg, Teresa. <laughs> <laughs> Try not to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but good, good luck with it all. And yeah, uh, and thanks again. Thanks for the thanks for the guidance and the insight. It's been really, really helpful. No problem, Johnny. Take care. Yeah, and uh, that that's all for this episode. Um, get your entries in for our wonderful villages photo competition, as you could win a thousand pound for your village hall and five hundred pound for yourself. And um, don't forget, you can find out more on a special page on our website about all of that. And thanks, as always, to our headline sponsor and specialist insurance provider, Allied Westminster for supporting our podcast and whose services you can discover more about at villageguard.com and to online book and system provider Hallmaster, who also help make our podcast possible and can be found at hallmaster.co.uk. You've been listening to the Village Halls podcast, a unique listening community for Britain's village, church and community halls and anyone interested in the vital community services they provide. We'll be back again in two weeks' time with another episode, so if you haven't already, please visit thevillagehallspodcast.com to subscribe, sign up for updates, link through to our social media pages, and to find out more. Until the next time, goodbye for now.